Welcome to the Project 11 podcast. Welcome to the Project 11 podcast and our Project 11 journey. Um, my name is Timon Benson and I'm going to be the host of this podcast and also I'm the Leadership Development Manager here at QB and your direct touch point for Project 11. Well, this podcast is going to be great. We're going to be uh, interviewing leaders. Uh, we're going to be talking about their leadership journey. We're going to be uh, learning from them and uh, seeking to glean wisdom from them. And today we have in the studio, we have Jason Ellsmore. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Timon. It's great to be here. So excited about Project 11. So excited about uh, all that God's going to do this year. We have been praying uh, for Project 11 for uh, well over 12 months now and uh, praying for everybody who's listening today and looking forward to what God's going to do. And it's great to have you on team, mate. It's great to have you join the team. This is my third day on the job. Wow, mate. It's uh, awesome. Looking forward to getting to know you. And I I know you're going to be a blessing to uh, everyone in Project 11. So really grateful that you've uh, been willing to say yes to this uh, next call of God on your life. My privilege, Jason, my privilege to be here. Now, you know, I know I was in pastoral ministry. I was a senior pastor for 12 years. And so I know what it's like to have a lot of responsibilities and you really look forward to your day off. So why don't you just you know, tell us a little bit about firstly what you love to do on your day off. What would you? What would your ideal day off be? Sure, ideal day off would be at the beach. I love being at the beach uh, with my wife and my kids, and uh, I love anything to do with the beach: surfing, paddle boarding, running on the beach, uh, swimming, playing games with my granddaughter on the beach. Now, dragging her along in the waves. Yeah, any anything to do with How the beach. How many kids do you have? Four kids, uh, one married and one granddaughter. Wow, four married, one granddaughter. Yeah. Fantastic. And wife, obviously. Yeah, Susan, <laughs> been married for 28 years and uh, love of my life, childhood sweethearts and uh, very grateful to God for the the gift that she is to my life. Yeah. Well, I have five daughters myself. Wow. Five daughters. Can you believe yeah. it? Tried to get the son, yeah, just okay. could not get it. <laughs> And um, Tegan and I, we've been married for 27 years. Wow. So we were childhood sweethearts as well. So cool. married at the age of 19. What, wow. When did you get married? We're 21. 21. Yeah. 21. Fantastic. Very Fantastic. good. Well, this first uh, section of Project 11 is about launch, about launching off into leadership. Yep. And obviously, Jesus launches us into leadership firstly by inviting us into relationship with himself. And, uh, you know, so how did you first become a believer in Jesus? When did you first hear the call of Jesus to come and follow him? Yeah, I I actually grew up in a Christian family. My uh, parents were both uh, followers of Jesus. So and you grew up going to church? Yeah, going to church from as young as I uh, can remember. Okay. and But probably got to my, my middle teenage years and probably like a lot of teenage boys, uh, following Jesus started to get in the way of my social life. Yeah. And I actually found it very difficult to, uh, to follow Jesus as a teenager. Did you and, have a good youth group or? Yeah, we did actually. And that, that really helped. It probably helped me stay connected relationally yeah. to the church. But, uh, I found myself particularly towards the end of my teenage years living a dual life. I yeah. kind of had, uh, you know, one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Yeah. But, and to be honest, I, I really wanted to walk away from God, yeah. but I couldn't because really? I'd seen that God was real. I'd seen that he was powerful. He miraculously healed my mum wow. when I was 13. How did that happen? And 
Oh, look, it's a long story, but uh, the quick version is there was a pastor that came and prayed with my mum uh, quite regularly on uh, Mondays, and one particular Monday in October 1985, uh, God just broke into her life and healed her miraculously, and she was a different woman. That's and, amazing. Uh, I had a different mum. And uh, I just knew that only God could do that. I'd watched her go to doctors and psychiatrists for years. So even though you wanted to sort of move away from God, you could never deny the reality of it. I knew he was real. Yeah. And it got to a point when I was 19, and I hadn't been going to church all that often, but that night I was at church, I was sitting in the back row, and was that was started to sing a really old song. It was even old back then, this is 30 <laughs> years ago, but it was even old for then. Uh, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And I just knew in my heart that the things that I was doing and following the ways of the world just wasn't making me happy. Yeah. And it was I wasn't finding the meaning and the purpose that I was actually looking for. Yeah. And I just knew in that moment that Jesus was calling me to follow him with all of my heart and not to turn back. And yeah. uh, that's the decision I made. Yeah. Walked down the front of the church. Walked down the front of the church. Yeah. Pastor prayed with me. I'm very grateful for Pastor Bruce who prayed with me and discipled me over the next couple of years. And uh Jesus broke into my life and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I was transformed uh, wow. bit by bit from that day on. Wow. You know, for me, Jason, um, my story is very similar to yours. I grew up in a Christian family uh, in rural Queensland. Okay. My dad, he was uh, just a farmer. But around about the age of 30, he really, he went down to uh, Sydney and he did evangelism explosion. Do you remember that oh, door knocking course? Yeah. And I uh, got really passionate about evangelism. Okay. So he went around and door knocked our whole community. Wow. And um, people became Christians. Awesome. And uh, then we tried to bring those people back into the church that we were going to, and we're going to quite a conservative church, but they just didn't fit. Okay. So like uh, one guy who was a like a bar singer right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Garnet, if that is church, I don't think I can, you know, I don't think okay. I can do this. And so we actually began when I was 13, um, he planted a church underneath our house. Wow. And so we would sing the red book and the yellow book and the blue book, you know, yeah, the old I songs of praise, books, but, yeah. but at the time they were like the most contemporary songs. Sure. So we, uh, you know, we had various sort of things. We, we, we would have the church, the church would begin at four o'clock in the afternoon because that's when everyone wanted to meet rather than in the morning. And so it was quite, um, it was sort of like a quite an interesting sort of church, but, yeah. but people became Christians all the time. So there was like, um, you know, Wayne Forbes, who was the hippie down the road. He became a Christian. Awesome. There was this guy, Glenn Farrance, who was a, actually a drug addict. He became a Christian and eventually, you know, got off drugs and got his life together. And so just growing up in that environment, it was just the power of the gospel, seeing these people's lives transformed, yeah, so just good. undeniable. But, um, you know, like through those teenage years, I also sort of went astray. And then it wasn't until my first year of university that I, I really encountered Jesus for myself. So I'd actually gone to university uh, and I didn't get into the course that I wanted to get into. So rather than getting in and doing music, I got into early childhood teaching. Okay, um, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually what happened was the end of year 12 and you had to fill out your preferences or university preferences. And I put down all of music and just as a joke with my mates, 
I said, I'm going to put down kindergarten teaching, <laughs> early childhood teaching. And I got into early childhood teaching and my parents said, you're going, right. you're, you've got to get out of home. You're going to university. You're going to go live with your brother. And so I went and did this early childhood teaching at QUT. Now there was some advantages, like there was me and 300 girls yeah, in the course. So that was, imagine. that was a big advantage, <laughs> but it was really depressing not doing what, you know, I felt like I was made to do, which sure. at the time was do music. And uh, I was walking down Queen Street Mall, just, you know, feeling the meaninglessness of life. And in, in Queen Street Mall at the time, there was a bookshop, a word bookshop. And I went into the word bookshop and I picked up a copy of No Compromise, the life story of Keith Green. Yep. And as I read that story, God really spoke to me through um, Keith's testimony. And just I came face to face with Jesus and just surrendered my life to him and was transformed and changed you know, as he does, you know. So good. So good. Yeah. So good. Now, obviously, you know, that moment when you become a Christian is so significant. Your heart is changed. You're transformed. But obviously, Jesus calls us into ongoing relationship. And really, in Christian ministry, it's so important to continue to foster your relationship with Jesus. Like, all of our doing for Jesus comes out of our being with Jesus. Yeah. Now, I was listening to you a little, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, and I heard about this milk crate that you used in order to meet with Jesus. Yeah. Now, that sounds pretty uncomfortable to me. So where did this milk crate come from? Where does this, what is this milk crate all about? Yeah, I think the point that it is uncomfortable is the thing that helps. And so I'm very uh, task-oriented, action-oriented, and so stopping to be still with God uh, is something I've really got to discipline myself to do. Yeah. And when I do stop, if I sit in too comfortable a chair, I tend to fall asleep and drift yeah. off. Yeah. And so the milk crate is just uncomfortable enough yeah. that I can't fall asleep, but it does make me stop. Yeah. And I simply just be still with God and I allow all of the worries and the thoughts that are racing through my mind to actually come into alignment with the Word of God. And I ask God to you know, speak to me through His Word, speak to me through the whisper of His Holy Spirit and just say, hey, I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. So when did this discipline start? When did you start with the milk cart? Yeah, probably milk about crate. 15 years ago, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I was probably, um, you know, a little bit stressed in some of the things that uh, God had called me to do. I found myself dealing with a lot of stress and very worried, and uh, I just needed to find a new discipline to uh, to to stop deliberately mm. and to uh, to be still with God and just to enjoy His presence. And uh, I've just found it was such a, such a gift that God would meet with me in that way as I stopped and I was just still with him and I read his word and I spent time in prayer that uh, I just kept doing it. And do you read a daily devotional or do you read through the Bible? You have some sort of Bible reading plan? or Yeah, I'd probably do different things, different years, but I yep. do regularly use the uh, the SOAP Bible okay. uh, reading method. So yep. SOAP just stands for S is for Scripture, and I just write out a part of Scripture just as a way of memorising Scripture that I feel God speaking to me on that day. Always for observation, just yep. observing, you know, what is uh, God saying and doing yep. in that part of Scripture. A is application. What do I need to apply? To uh, from that passage of scripture into my own life, and then P is simply a prayer. 
yeah. you know, a prayer that I write out and just asking, you know, God to bring that change and that transformation in me. And I, I do different uh, Bible reading plans, but I do tend to keep coming back to that method right. of uh, stopping with God and letting him speak to me through his word. Wow, the power of a milk crate. Hey? Yeah. yeah <laughs> a love regular it. time, a regular place. Yeah. And that's every morning for you? Or are you a night person or a morning person? Yeah, it's mostly mornings, but it will depend a little bit on my day. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day, uh, but it'll mostly be mornings because I just find that it's a time that uh, I'm, I'm able to, to, still, to be still and to listen and a time that I really enjoy reading God's Word. I get the most out of it. Mm. So generally it's in the morning. And are there any other like spiritual disciplines that you engage in on a regular basis that help you, you know, grow in your relationship with Jesus or, or deepen your relationship with Jesus? Any other sort of disciplines that you have? Yeah, I've got a bunch of guys I pray with. I actually find praying with a, a bunch of guys regularly uh, really helps me, really helps me to come back to making sure I'm living in uh, dependence on God and not on myself. And I just got a bunch of three guys that uh, I share with pretty openly. Wow. And uh, we, we pray together uh, pretty regularly. That's, that's so been they very have helpful. permission. You've given them permission to speak into your life? Yeah, they can ask me whatever they like. Uh, I also have a mentor who's been mentoring me for – 15 years. Wow. Uh, he does that on probably a much deeper level. Is that and, um, monthly or? Yeah, these days we meet quarterly. Quarterly. So, yeah. Okay. But, but there has been times when it's been monthly. But uh, yeah, he's been my mentor for 15 years. And I find uh, when I'm driving, uh, I find it more helpful to either listen to podcasts or worship music rather than the radio when I'm driving. Right. It's just a, a regular way of feeding uh, on God's word of opening myself up to other people's teaching yeah. and uh, yeah, just find now, some are st- you an avid reader? Do you read? Do you read books or, or how I do you- discipline myself to read? You discipline yourself yeah, to read. I'm not an avid reader. Right. I've uh, I find it di- again. It's that action orientation or task yep. orientation. Yep. I love doing Getting things more than yep. stopping to to learn. And so I've had to really discipline myself to read. And it's I wouldn't say I'm a good reader. Wow, wow. <laughs> now thinking back to the very first time that the thought entered your brain, like I could be a leader. <laughs> when was that? When was the first time that you thought, man, maybe God has put something in me, and maybe I could step up and be a leader? In, in God's church. When was that for you? Yeah, well, look, there was actually an instant moment as I uh, gave my life to Jesus fully when I was 19. There was this instant moment where I had a passion in my heart to actually tell uh, a bunch of young kids in the local area that yeah. I knew were in trouble uh, to about Jesus. And that almost happened instantly in that moment as I was being prayed for. I just, I just wanted to, to make a difference. And, uh, I found myself, I got invited. I got invited by that pastor Bruce to help him lead a camp that week. Wow. Uh, for that a bunch, week. That very week. I was at uni at the time and I had a bit of time on my hands. And so when he invited me, I took the invitation and I just found I loved it. Just got to hang out with these boys and, just uh, share uh, what I knew about Jesus uh, at that time, loved it. It wasn't long after that I started leading. I started a new youth group in the community centre as part of the ministry of the local church and 
Yeah, I, I just loved it. And I remember sitting in the gutter one Friday night. It was a pretty rough youth group every Friday. <laughs> we were patching up walls because there were fights. Sometimes we had to ring the police and uh, there's a whole lot of things I wouldn't do anymore. But I remember sitting in the gutter with my mate James who was helping me lead the youth group uh, at the end of one Friday night after we cleaned up all the mess. And I said to him, wouldn't it be awesome to do this full time? Wow. And I'll never remember, I never forget him turning to me. And at that moment, I actually thought that it was everybody's secret ambition to be a youth pastor. I thought everybody had this secret ambition in their heart to, to be a youth pastor, but only a select few were lucky enough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget him turning to me and saying, Nah, I don't want to do this full time. I'm a scientist. I love helping you on a Friday night, but I don't want to do this full time. And that was probably the moment for me. I realized that this passion that God had put in my heart was his unique call on my life. And I actually had to start being obedient to it. He didn't write it on the wall. And in fact, the only time in scripture that God does write in the wall, it's, uh, it's not very good news. <laughs> and so maybe you don't want God just writing your purpose on the wall or writing it in the sky. I haven't heard an audible voice, but I have learned to trust that as I walk with Jesus and as I open myself up to uh, be obedient to his word, yeah. he puts passion in my heart yeah. to serve him. And I have learnt a bunch of things, I hope, over the last 30 years, but that passion's never gone away. What is your passion at the moment? Like what, you know, we learn from Nehemiah chapter one. Nehemiah sees the city walls of Jerusalem, or he hears about the city of wall, or walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the people are distressed and he, you know, it moves him to prayer, to fasting and prayer. What's your passion at the moment? What's your passion at the moment? Oh, uh, look, uh, big picture, my passion is to see uh, Australia come to know Jesus and the Australian church be uh, real and relevant and reaching out uh, to the lost in, in a way that is uh, seeing a, a plentiful harvest uh, for the kingdom. And so I've got a real passion to do whatever I can yeah. to uh, to empower leaders in the local church uh, to 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 lead well, to lead like Jesus, and to uh, to reach out to the lost in the way that Jesus did uh, when he walked on earth. So that's that's my real question. Now, now you wrote a book about this sort of topic or about Jesus. Tell us about your book that you wrote. Yeah, I wrote a book called Jesus the Bloke because uh, yeah. I actually think most uh, blokes that I meet would like Jesus if they met him. Right. They just haven't been introduced to him very well yet. Right. And uh, so it was my attempt to uh, introduce just ordinary blokes. And if it turns out, I think more women have read it than blokes, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, just to introduce ordinary people that may not have grown up in church, church. to Jesus because I'm absolutely confident that if Jesus walked around Australia today, the average person would like him. Yeah, they'd be drawn to him. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of emerging leaders listening to the podcast and part of Project 11. What are you hoping this year will be for them? Well, what are your, what are your hopes and dreams yeah. for them through Project 11? Yeah, look, I'm really excited about uh, everyone who's doing Project 11 and what God is going to do this year. I, my hope and my prayer is that people right across Queensland, uh, men and women, uh, younger and older, uh, will discover their unique call 
that God has placed on their lives to lead in their community, to lead in the church, to to lead uh, maybe in other nations of the world, taking the gospel and uh, making a difference around the world. But uh, as we as we meet together, as we pray together, as we open God's word together, as we listen to other other leaders together about what Jesus has done in their life, that uh, all of us would have a new confidence uh, in the call of God on our lives and a renewed love to uh, to serve Jesus and his church. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the stories and uh, just seeing what God does over the course of this year. Thank you so much, Jason, for joining us this morning and uh, sharing with us your story of how you came to know Jesus and how God called you into Christian leadership. And uh, for all your Project 11 participants, you know, find your milk crate, find your place where you can spend your time with Jesus each and every day. Now, obviously, that mightn't be a literal milk crate, but find that place, that quiet place where you can spend time and, and commit yourself to doing the devotions that we have in Project 11 so that by the end of this year, our, our hope is that you will know Jesus a lot more deeply than you do this day. Amen.